Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Hello, welcome along to the latest episode of the Keen Odyssey 2. Looking at Roy Keane's first autobiography called Keane. We're at stage. Um, Eric Cantona has just departed from Manchester United. Um, Roy Keane has belatedly put a flea in his ear about how he didn't ever do it on the European stage for United. Yeah. Um, so at least, at least he's talking about this season. Do you remember when they lost 6-3 at Southampton? And then they lost oh, five and they blamed it on the Newcastle. Kit. I don't know, was that a different one? I think that was a different one. I think there was two so they Southampton got, matches. They, they got thrashed twice by Southampton. I think they did, yeah. But And then there was the 5 nil at Newcastle as well. Mm. Um, and he's, he's kind of questioning his own commitment levels and stuff. You know, that, that, that thing he's got where he's got to be absolutely on his game all the time. Otherwise, he's letting himself down. He's letting the team down. Yeah. He says, Manchester United is not in the now and again business. We're in, or supposed to be in, the every time you pull the shirt on, get the job done business. Yeah. It's a very long-winded title for a business, but it's, you know, it, it does what it says. You should have done an acronym or something, yeah. <clears throat> E-T-Y-P-T-S-O-G-T-J-D. I don't know how you put that in. I used to call it Etchihohaga. And I'd shout that at the, the other lads in the training pitch in the dressing room. They'd, look, they'd just look at me, half of them would know. They'd look at me blankly and that spoke volumes to me. <laughs> so I just shouted it louder and louder until I was eventually removed from the dressing room and put in the <laughs> corridor, facing the corner. Just put in the naughty corridor. Eddie Hogger, Come on, lads. You know what they I'm trying to say. They, they assumed it was some kind of Gaelic war cry, but no. It was an anachronism. He says, I knew from looking at my own family and friends, United Fanatics, 6-3 at Southampton. They couldn't leave the house. People taking the piss out of them at work. Kids who followed us getting it at school, in the street, the jeering, the mocking, the sneering. Fucking hell, it's only a football match and you've lost a football match. Some teams, they lose all the time. I'm yeah. a Sunderland fan. Over the last 10 years, before this season, we had the worst record out of all 92 clubs in all the divisions. Oh, we were hell. the worst team in the country for a decade. Jesus, I didn't know that. That's awful. But how yeah. does that work? Because during that decade, you were promoted at least once. You no, must have... we, we, we were in the Premier League for about nine years. And it was oh. relegation, battle after relegation, battle. And then down in the Championship and another relegation. So it was, that, it was that peak decade of utter shitness. But we had the eighth highest average attendance in the country over that ten years as well. So there we are. I suppose that's something to be proud of. But well, you could just... say, put it another way and go, well, you were that shit and yet you all carried on fucking going like dopey Idiots. bastards to Idiots. see crap. That'd yeah. be like, if it was any other form of entertainment, you wouldn't brag about it. You'd go, no, they... you wouldn't go, 
uh, you know, you know those uh, police academy movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, ever since the second one, they've been shit, right? But I've gone to see every single one at least five times whenever they've come out, and you yeah. go like, why? Because yeah. I'm fucking loyal. That's why. And but once I've committed to a film franchise, I've committed yeah. to it. Yeah. And Look I this. and I won't watch any other film franchises. Not Lethal Weapon. Not Die Hard. Not Star Wars. Nothing. Right? Because they're shit in comparison to Police Academy movies. But you've just said they're all shit. Aye. Barry Norman's yeah, given them all one star every time, <laughs> and that's what makes well, me proud. Going. I've got to yeah, keep, I keep going. going no matter what. In, it's in my franchise. For me, I'm, the shitter the films are, the more proud I am of going. Here, look at this. I roll my sleeve up for you. Have a look there on my arm. Police Academy logo. Tattooed. I'm inked. I'm Police Academy till I die. Police See Academy that, till right? I die. I'm Police look Academy till I die. Blades, right? That's fucking Mahoney, right? You know, he was the main one, like, who got all the funny, right? He, were, he wasn't in the latter ones. I don't think he was in Police Academy 6 Mission to Moscow, right? But I, I didn't care. I've got him tattooed because he's a fucking legend of the movies. Yeah. He's a legend of the franchise. He's a police academy. He's the main man. And I, I've had him, look, I've had him tattooed on a crucifix, right? Like he's dying. <laughs> he's dying for the film franchise. And that's what I'd do as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point you make that, to be honest. Now I think about it like that. Yeah, idiots. Complete idiots. You should have just um, started going to like, you know, Man City or something. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're doing all right. <laughs> he says the jeering, the mocking, the sneering. Too many players forget what defeat means for the people who pay our wages. We were being paid to play, paid to play for Manchester United. He says the fans, the real hardcore fans, were forking out their money to support us, and we can't be bothered to pick our legs up against Matt Letizia. Massive dig at Matt Leticia. Yeah. Exclamation. See the size mark. of him. It's the size of a fucking truck. <laughs> In his book, Jap Stam wrote that I was on another planet. Yes, Jap, he says. Planet Manchester United. Where I always wanted to be. Where you, where you dream of being someday when you're a kid kicking a ball around. I wouldn't like to go on my holidays to to Jap Stam's planet. The awful. <laughs> have you been to Holland? The I wild have. planet. The place is disgusting. Are oh, them knocking shops and the <laughs> funny shops. cigarettes? Fucking I mean, dirty this was needles everywhere. I, this was before I, I fell in with the student crowd in Durham. It was years before, so I hadn't yet tried the old uh, wacky backy yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's another mention of Cantona here because he must have talked about Cantona leaving and, and then covered that season, which was Cantona's last season. And he's, he's again. He's talking about the uh, the Champions League semi final against Borussia Dortmund, which was the season before the treble season. Um, I can sense one or two of our players backing off. Surprisingly, or maybe not, Eric is one of them. There it is again. For all that he's done for us, Eric hasn't got a look in with the French national team, which is not exactly pulling up trees at this stage. There it is again. <laughs> great for United, but unless we win in Europe, Eric's reputation will never rank alongside the truly great European players. This is the stage that really counts. Maybe Eric's not capable of it. Never will be. Hmm. 14 minutes from the end, Eric jumps out of a tackle in midfield. His challenger, Tret Shock, breaks forward, shoots. The ball takes a deflection off Gary Pallister's foot, back of the net. Perhaps that's the moment Eric's future was decided. <laughs> okay, now. 
that's half a page there. He's just decimated Eric Cantona in that half page. Four games in eight days to clinch the championship. And we've got the job done. Um, a week later, after Chelsea beat Brian Robson's Middlesbrough in the FA Cup final, Eric Cantona announced his retirement. And Cantona Good fucking riddance. Cantona had been captain. He'd followed Steve Bruce as club captain. Now that role had to be filled. There was some speculation about who the manager would choose. Schmeichel, Pallister, Irwin and Neville were all obvious candidates. I was surprised when Alex Ferguson chose, chose me. On the field, I was confident I could meet my obligations. But the club captaincy also demands diplomatic skills off the field, which I felt uh-huh. might prove a greater challenge. <laughs> <laughs> He then says the club captain at Manchester United is responsible for distributing tickets for home games. Oh, no. Oh! There it was. Back again to haunt me. Mr. Ticket. I, My nemesis. <laughs> before I cast the years that Mr. Yappel came back in. I had become as one with my nemesis. Now I was in a way Mr. Ticket. How would I deal with it? He says... Um, where once I butted up Brian Robson, Steve Bruce and Eric, I would now be the man players seeking favours would have to be nice to. The bad news was that it would be more difficult to turn down requests for tickets on the basis that I couldn't lay my hands on the precious commodity. The tickets were in my back pocket, he said. I was the ticket. <laughs> so, um, Sheringham comes in from Spurs to replace Eric. Uh, Teddy arrived for training on his first day at the club in his red Ferrari, every inch the confident Londoner. Oi, oi! All right, fellas! <laughs> What's going down here, then? <laughs> Morning, dickheads! <laughs> I hope you've all had your fucking kippers, because you got a proper fucking player turning up today. Not like that French punts. <laughs> right, where's me peg? <laughs> he drove into the car park windows down on a Ferrari with Dennis Waterman's I could be so good for you blaring out of his souped up sound system I looked you hear that sunshine that's proper London music that is I looked I looked across the car park at him welcome to hell I thought <laughs> his hands covered in gold sovereign rings <laughs> his mum inexplicably in the front seat with him pouring a cup of yeah. tea out don't worry about her she's here to pour me tea for me <laughs> I brought me London tea with me because I don't trust what you drink up here and I brought me London mum and all <laughs> 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 oh man Sheringham um, he, he says Teddy and I were acquainted from my forest days the chemistry between us was never right and it didn't improve during his mm-hmm. spell at Old Trafford <laughs> I couldn't understand half a bloody word he was saying <laughs> it, it was uh, call blimey this <laughs> and ask your father that I said, I, I don't, I can't make head nor tail of what you're trying to say to me, Teddy. I'm sure you're a very nice man, but never talk to me. Fuck me, it's bleeding, freezing up here. No one said it was going to be this cold. My uh, fucking nuts about to snap off. <laughs> I went out to the local cafe and asked for a cappuccino. They looked like they was going to tear me balls off. <laughs> I didn't dare ask for a bubble and squeak. 
Fucking hell. <laughs> he says, and I'll um, tell you another thing, right? Don't go in any, any pubs around here and fucking suggest the knees up to the old bar because it does not go down like it does back home. I'll tell you that for nothing. Half of them ain't even got pianos in them. <laughs> fucking hell. He kept asking for wee bits of blackcurrant drink in his, in his lager beer. <laughs> Didn't understand it. He says, uh, Teddy didn't flourish in his first season for United. There you go. Get the knife in. But in time proved to be a very good buy for the club. He was a bloody good player, a scorer and creator of goals. The fact that he and I didn't get on personally didn't matter a damn when it came to the business on the field. But ultimately, I thought he was a prick. Is the subtext there. Um, He has a fist fight in a tunnel. He does against Chelsea at Old Trafford. Yeah, at half time, time the fists were flying in the tunnel. I bet Dennis Wise was playing in that game. He he was quite a provocative little shitbag, wasn't he? Yeah, he would have been. And Sheringham wouldn't know which side to fight for, would he? No. Do I Cow fight lads. for lads? I fight for these wankers who's paying me wages, or do I fight for London? <laughs> what do I, I do? Don't do any of them fucking northern fighting styles where you you walk around like a fucking chimpanzee, all <laughs> swaggering about. I want to do a proper London fight. They all walk around that. They've got a 50 pence piece stuck up their arseholes. <laughs> I can't work it out. <laughs> then he had a few drinks after the match. Normally drinking on a Wednesday night was a no-no. But Roy, the people pleaser, was not going to go home to bed and leave his friends to their own devices. The adrenaline was still pumping for the 90-minute battle just ended. Going home would have been the smart thing to do. However, there was no excuse. Uh, and it turned out he'd phoned home and his brother Johnson and his partner just had a baby girl now no excuse was required to enjoy a session so across the bar there were some United fans some Irish ones from Dublin uh, Dublin getting his merry yeah yeah. As his let's mates. not forget his opinions on Dublin people mm-hmm. they might as well be fucking English I went to the bar to buy around a few smart remarks were passed I responded with some derogatory comments I responded to some derogatory comments about Cork and its people with some equally insulting observations about Dublin and its citizens. Oh, yeah, is that what you think about Cork, is it? Well, let me tell you something about Dublin. Everyone from there is a fucking cunt. How about that? The pods. <laughs> so he's, he's, there, he's there. These are Manchester United fans. Yes, they're Irish. Yes, they're from Dublin. But ultimately, they're United fans. And they've got embroiled in yeah. an argument with their idol, with Roy yeah. Keane, about Cork versus Dublin. Yeah. Just banter. He says it was half three in the morning. I was drunk and somewhere in the back of my mind annoyed with myself for not being at home with Teresa. But I had passed the point of no return as far as good <laughs> intentions were concerned. That's a great <laughs> like that. That's Dunphy. <laughs> the belligerence like between Dunphy. Cork and Dublin. <laughs> the belligerence between Cork and Dublin became more personal and heated. Blows were exchanged. <laughs> it just says <laughs> blows were exchanged. There was I a bit of pushing and shoving. I can't quite remember, I can't quite remember, remember what happened. He says, I gave as good as I got. That means he took quite a lot of fucking punches to the head, I imagine. Yeah. It would be wrong to blame anybody but myself for the predicament I now find myself in. It was the old, who do you think you are trick again? And I fell for it again two months after being made Manchester United captain. So, uh, yeah, so these, I'm guessing these were United fans and they've they've kind of engineered a fight with their hero. It's like, um, hmm. I don't know, I can't fucking get my head around that. But as he as he left the hotel, 
his sparring partner from Dublin shouted from his bedroom window, Keen, you cock bastard. You'll be in the tabloids tomorrow. <laughs> and then he says he had already made his telephone call to a newspaper. Oh, great. He'd run, he'd run fucking John Pigface at the sun. Oh, John Pigface speaking. Oh, sorry. Just clearly on throat there. How can I help you? Are you interested in footballers having fights or not? Yes, I am. <laughs> Continue. Just tell me the player. All right. Okay, don't worry. No, 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 I'll stop you there. I'll make up the rest. I'll fill in the gaps. <laughs> I can tell you're you a busy man. enough. <laughs> Invoice me for 200 quid. <laughs> Keenan Hotel Brawl was the story the next day. I had to face the manager first, of course. I had to face myself. Jesus Christ. Oh, That's God. the scariest bit, isn't it? Yeah. I had to have a long conversation with myself in the mirror. Roy Maurice Keen, what the fuck have you been doing now? What the fuck do you think you're doing? you got a family at home. You're the captain of Manchester United. You're in charge of our limb tickets. What are you doing? <laughs> well, you're not thinking of the tickets, at least. <laughs> <clears throat> the manager was publicly supportive, privately severe. For Saturday's game away at the Leeds, I was in no shape at all. Too little sleep, too much emotion spent in my despair. Ooh. Don't feel you've put despair here. I don't think I was in despair. I had a hangover. I hung over and I was a bit lacking in sleep, but I don't think I was desperate. Can you not say I just felt like shite warmed up? No, <laughs> yeah. Roy, it's, it's part of this, this process we're going through. It's a literary autobiography rather than those other ones. I don't want this to be like Frank Worthington's One Hump or Two, which I'm sure you've read as well. <laughs> Great fucking book, that, by the way. I couldn't put it down. Yes, but, you know, it's not. We want some more gravitas in this one. Jalapeño. <laughs> Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. Leeds was a tough place to go anywhere. Uh, I was having a nightmare game that I deserved. Bloody awful would be the generous description of my performance. With just over five minutes to go, our unbeaten league run looked set to end after Dave Weatherall scored for Leeds. Throughout the game, I'd been having a private feud with Alfie Harland. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Mm -hmm. He'd been winding me up from the beginning of the game. The late tackles I could live with, they were a normal part of football. But the other stuff, pulling my shirt, getting digs in off the ball, really bugged me. At times, Harland wasn't even following the player, just concentrating on me. I figured that Leeds' coach, Dave O'Leary, who knew how to get to me, had given Harland that specific job. Mm-hmm. I know how so, to get to, to that wee baby, Roy Keane. Here's a yeah. little tip for you. He doesn't like his shirt being pulled. He's very particular about that. And I've heard he's had a little bit too much serum in the middle of this week. <laughs> he's been out on had a little bit too much serum. He's a little bit sleepy and his concentration <laughs> levels are down. So if you want to go out there and take advantage of that if you can... Alfie. Little Alfie. Um, Five minutes from time as we pushed forward into their box, I lunged in desperation at Harland. I was trying to trip him up rather than kick him. I knew it would probably mean a booking, but fuck it, he'd done his job. He'd done my head in. As I slid in to make the challenge, my studs caught the turf. I actually heard my cruciate ligaments snap. Oh, fuck. He says the pain was instant agonising. 
Harlan stood over me, shouting, Get up! Stop faking it! His colleague Weatherall was gesturing to the same effect. I knew something very serious had happened. I wasn't sure exactly what. I don't get that why... Why Keane would be faking an injury when they're 1-0 down and they're losing with a couple of minutes to go. Just another wind-up. I don't think he thought he was faking it. You know, he was probably just an, it was another wind up technique, wasn't it? Because he probably knew he was in, in agony, head. and he God. was showing he was just being yeah, just as cruel as he could possibly be. Fucking hell, Alfie Harlan's gone right down in my estimation in the last yeah. few minutes. I tell you that. The ref booked me as I was being led to the touchline. Um, oh God, we'd used our three subs, so I stayed on to play out the closing minutes. <laughs> he's gone from I heard my cruciate ligament snap to I played on for the last few minutes <laughs> Jesus Christ I limped off the field David O'Leary offered his commiserations fuck off Dave you sent the bastard out to wind me up I thought <laughs> oh I'm sorry Roy did you hurt your wheel what was it now your cruciate ligament oh no that must hurt something awful that's, that's quite important I think I think you've only got one of them in each leg so you're going to want that to you want that to heal, hopefully. You, you'll have to rest up for quite a long time in your playpen. Many, many months. Mm. The Leeds doctor arrived in the dressing room. The body language suggested the worst. My cruciate had gone. Um, our physio had also been at Wigan Rugby League Club and he recognised the symptoms. Cruciates regularly go in rugby league because of the way that game is played. My night of drinking had taken its toll. Exactly what the price would be remained to be seen. That night, Dave took, Dave took me straight to the hospital. Dave um, Fevre, physio. Not Dave O'Leary. Dave O'Leary wouldn't take him to the hospital, I don't think. Would you like a lift to the hospital? I'm afraid I can't do that because I'm the manager of Leeds United and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they sent me home with instructions to return on Monday when they'd open the knee to have a look at the damage. Fucking hell. On Sunday, Dennis Irwin dropped my car back to the house from Old Trafford where I'd left it. There you go, I brought, brought your car back, Roy. I've given it a little valet as well for you. I spent the time myself. Because it's Sunday, usually I wash my own car. But what I've done, a special treat for you, Roy. I've washed your car and I've, I've hoovered the inside as well. I've got a good dust buster. It's very good. <clears throat> it's, it's a non-European one, so you get a little bit extra suck out of it. It's very good. It came from China. So I've done your car for you. It's all spick and span. Uh, I don't know when you'll be able to drive again because of your knee, but, you know, when you do, it's already there for you. No need to thank me. Could I just trouble you for a cup of water and some dry bread before I go, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dennis dropped my car back. The knee had inflated like a balloon. The pain was unreal. I knew I was fucked. They sent me away for six weeks rehab to build my muscles up for my operation. Jesus Christ. Um... After nine league games, my season was over, possibly my career. Dave Fevre, the physio, began by showing us a video of Gaza's rehab course. When we finished it, Dave said that he wanted us to do things very differently. Right, I'm going to show you this video. Right? This is Paul Gascoigne. He, uh, <laughs> he famously suffered the same injury. I'm going to sit through this video of how he recovered from the uh, same injury. Uh, it's two and a half hours long, so, you know, make yourselves comfy. Get a cup of tea. Buckle up. Here we go. Right, that's the video. Now then, I hope you're paying attention. But um, what we're going to do is everything very differently to what you've just seen there. <laughs> we're not going to do anything that happened to Paul Gascoigne. But, um, uh, you know, I, I thought it might raise your spirits a little bit. That was exactly you can, how you can not get to back do it. it. Uh, uh, any, qu- any questions? 
Uh, yeah, I've got a question, Dave. Why <laughs> the fuck did you make us sit through that two and a half hours of that fat bastard? If it, we had nothing whatsoever to learn from it, that's exactly right. You've got nothing to learn from it. Yeah. That's why I yeah. showed it, yeah. That's the message, you know. Whatever you see in that, don't do it. Go against you your instincts. Right. They make us do it. They make us, they make us, I don't know. It was uh, Ted Croker and Joe Mercer sent the video out. They says, you've got, anyone that's got a crucial injury, they've got to watch this first. <laughs> and I don't know why it is, but it's rules and regulations, I suppose, you know. Don't shoot the messenger, fuck's sake. There's a lot now just about the long road to recovery, isn't there? Yeah, and it's quite dull, so we'll probably skip over that. Yeah. Um, there is a bit where he says, um, he says, uh, I was also drinking too much. Um, I don't know, perhaps he'd started watching Neighbours again in his spare time, and, but augmenting it with drink. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'd watch Neighbours drunk. You ever watch Neighbours Drunk? I don't I think it is. I've, I've, I've never really. I don't think I've been particularly drunk at that time of day when it's on. That's a no, good tip exactly. and watch it later at night, but I've never done that either. No. Um, Maybe in the days when uh, Annalise was still in it, you might have recorded it then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. For, for reference, or like Daphne. You got in, when you or got Daphne. in from the pub. No, not Daphne. Was she the yeah, one who ran the coffee coffee shop? Yeah, my days. I was. She started off as a stripper though. You remember that was she was a stripper oh, girl when she first came into yes. it. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah, Daphne. I mean, I was yeah. I was like fourteen when Daphne was in it, so you know, instant trigger. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Different times in it. Yeah, I was thinking of Gail, I think, who was married to um, um, Paul Paul Robinson. Yeah, Dennis. Y- yeah, Steph Dennis, was... Stefan Dennis. Don't yeah, it make you no. feel good? No, Gail was Gail was never a trigger, to be honest. I'm sure she's a lovely woman, and if you're listening, actress who played Gail, um, <laughs> you know I, I, I've got no qualms about spending some time with you if you want to, just as friends though. <laughs> I started to order all of the ladies in Neighbours during this period. I had such a long time out. I was always a big fan of playing Jane Superbrain. <laughs> <laughs> I knew even before the famous episode where she suddenly glammed up to go to the pram, I'd spotted it a mile after. T- underneath all that mousy exterior was a sex bomb, and I was right. It was obvious. I mean, they put that big pair of glasses on her, but you could see that she was a proper looker underneath. <laughs> One afternoon, he says, Lee Sharp, now a Leeds player, showed up at the house. Imagine that Lee <laughs> Sharp just turning up at your house. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, hey, Roy, it's Lee. Uh, you let me in. <laughs> Hello, who is it? Open the door, open the door, and you see. No, tell me who it is first. Let's ju- let's just say it's someone from your past. I I, 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 I look, don't I know. Look, look. You could it could be anyone. Please tell I'd, me who you are. identify yourself. I had little look through my little spy hole in my front door, but the the fellow was wearing a comedy gorilla mask, so I couldn't tell who it was. Oh, for fuck's sake, just tell me who you are. All right, all right, it's me, it's Lee Shy Sharpie. Open the fucking door, fuck's sake. I've come all the way from Leeds for this. You've it's ruined it now. You've it's ruined Lee the Sharp. surprise. <laughs> oh, okay, Sharpie, come on in. <laughs> He'd also done his cruciate a few weeks after I'd done mine. I was anxious to know how he was progressing. Flying was Lee's answer. Oh, yeah, flying. I'm fucking doing all sorts. I've been running up downhills, been running around on the beach, been cycling. Doing a bit of football, a bit of golf, swimming, all sorts. No problem with me. Uh, Cruciate ligament. No life. Best thing that ever happened to me was doing my cruciate. Cruciate ligament. Fucking six weeks max. No problem, mate. Fucking walked it off. Didn't even have the op. <laughs> no point. 
while we sat and talked about the good old days for an hour or two, I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm way behind where I should be if Lee's jogging and kicking a ball. When he got up off the couch to leave, Lee's bad leg gave way beneath him. <laughs> it must have stiffened up. Lee lied unconvincingly. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, you cunt. Fuck. It's fucking gone again. Oh, no, it's the hasn't. It's all right. It's just a twinge. I'll be all right. <laughs> Roy, Roy, could you help me into my car, please? <laughs> oh, God. I'm crying here, Roy. <laughs> I thought she said it was okay. It is okay, right? It's okay. It's just something just happened. I don't even know if it was my cruise ship. It might have been something else. Anyway, get me back in the Porsche. <laughs> I yelled, I yelled, right. I yelled Lee into his Porsche. And rather than just driving off, he sat there crying for five hours. <laughs> when my wife came home, she was like, who's that fella out front in the Porsche crying his eyes out? <laughs> That's Lee Sharp. Is he still out there, is he? Funny fella. <laughs> Uh, relieved, I told uh, I told Dave Fever of the story the following morning. Sounds like he may have been taking shortcuts, Roy. Don't worry, we're getting there, Dave confirmed. You know what's happened there? You know what's happened there? They haven't shown him the fucking Gaza video. That's what's happened. <laughs> Dave Fever's voice there has gone from southern to northern. Yeah. Blink of a few pages. Doesn't matter, does yeah. it? Doesn't really matter. No. Um, during this period, I had one of my worst rows with Alex Ferguson. It was Christmas, the party season. Because I was injured, I decided on a double celebration. <laughs> I'm going to have double Christmas. You know Christmas. It's fucking great. But imagine this. Double Christmas. Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Two sets of presents. It's like coming from a divorced family or something. <laughs> I joined the reserves for their party on Tuesday and the first team the following night. Unfortunately, I got into a row with a barman who wanted to close his bar. At closing time, he says... On the reserves night out. Hearing about this, the gaffer called a first team meeting the following morning. I was banned from the first team party. And just to make sure the ban was observed, the gaffer insisted he would find any player caught drinking with me that night, two weeks wages. Outraged, I looked around the room, the dressing room for support. None was forthcoming. Fucking wankers, I thought, before going to the manager's <laughs> office to protest. The argument became very heated. There might have been some pushing and shoving, I can't quite no. remember. <laughs> <laughs> I got no joy. Roy has become everything that he hates in a player in some ways yeah. or in a man during this period because he's achieved this amazing status relatively young still. He's become mm. captain of the biggest and best team in the country, right? Yep. And he's and presumably he's captain of Ireland by now as well, right? And yep. he's basically turned into the sort of cunt, the entitled bastard who turns up in pubs and uh, insists that they stay up way beyond yeah. when they're allowed to. Because yeah. why? Because I'm Roy Keane, that's why. He's and I want to get pissed up. And he's mm-hmm. not paying... Like, all the things that he seems to place importance on are professionalism, gratitude for your position, humbleness, keeping your feet on the ground, remembering where yeah. you're from. He's doing the opposite of all that. He's being completely unprofessional. He's on the piss non-stop. He's got injured as a result. Right, yeah. he's getting himself into bad situations, and he's going around acting like Billy Big Bollocks. This is a dark time for Roy King, and he's banned from the first team Christmas party, and he's disgusted by his teammates by it as well. He says, betrayed by the good boys, he yeah. says, I I would have made a point of ignoring the manager's ban if it had been imposed on anyone else. And he <laughs> says, I went out that night for my own Christmas party. The one I'm man the Christmas party had a ball. Roy King one-man Christmas party, meeting various characters along his merry way. Next morning, I inquired how the good boys had got on. They'd admitted they'd had a lousy time. Maybe it was guilt. The atmosphere was frosty for a few weeks. 
<laughs> Roy Keane's one man Christmas party. That feels I like actually, a Channel Five TV special, doesn't it? I told you about the time when I was with um, the Liverpudlian contract killer, and we ended up yeah. in Manchester United's Christmas party. Yeah. I said that, haven't I? You well, are, I think yeah. we, I think we did Beckham it on the news thing podcast. Beckham, Andy Cole, Dwight York. I'm not sure Keane was there. But he might have been. It, I think it was during the Keen. It, yeah, it was like 2000 and, 2001. So Roy Keane yeah. would have been around this time. Maybe it was the one he was banned from. It might have been that one, yeah, if he wasn't there. If you if didn't see him, then it might have been that That'll one. That would be why, yeah. It'd have been off somewhere else having a one-man Christmas party, which was the best party ever and definitely part, definitely better than the Manchester United first team one where all the good boys drank their fucking lime and soda and they ate their fucking quavers and all did party <laughs> games. What is it? What is it, good boys? I like to imagine that they all went to a bar and he went to the same bar but sat in a different section on his own. Dressed as Michael Kennedy. Ah, Is that Roy's just lawyer me and my there? lawyer, Michael Kennedy. What's that you're having over there, little boys? Your fucking quavers and your lime and soda, is it? Oh, I hope you're having a very fucking Merry Christmas, I don't think. What are you doing there? We're playing musical chairs now, are you? Then a bit of pasta parcel afterwards, is it? Yeah, I see you've booked. You've hired one of them pinatas for your little party. In the end, they send Dennis Irwin over to have a word. Right, right. Listen, you, you, we just can you pipe down a little bit? We're just trying to have a nice time. <laughs> we don't understand why you've chosen to have your Christmas party right next to ours. <laughs> I didn't. It's coincidence. Believe me. I'm not going. I'm in the. La- I'm as disappointed as you are. The last thing I want to do is have my party, which, as you can see, is brilliant. Ruined by having to look at your miserable faces. But Roy, why do you keep shouting across? You're making some of the younger lads quite upset and intimidated. That's their problem. All right, fine. Fine, Dennis. I'll, I'll keep me counsel. That's fine. I'm having a great time here with my lawyer, Mr. Kennedy. Right? That's that's fine. I, I, I take it if I'm upsetting them, I'm upsetting them. Oh, okay, Roy, I appreciate it. Dennis Irwin walks back over. That's right, you crybabies. You're sending Dennis over to ask me to be quiet because you're scared, are you? You pricks. <laughs> good boys. <laughs> yeah, you good boy pricks. <laughs> David Beckham. Oh, I wish you'd just be quiet. <laughs> He's supposed to be the captain. He's supposed to look after us. I'm going to be too scared to ask him for tickets from now on. He's just scaring me now. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, there we go. That's the end of this episode. <laughs> we end with a, a one-man Roy King Christmas party. Something for us all to think about. Yeah, we've all and, done uh, it. I have anyway. I mean, I spent most of my career being a freelancer, so, you yeah. know, I have, I've got to Christmas time and just and had happening. a little party. Sometimes with cuddly toys sat in a circle yeah. around me. A bit like the king of comedy, but with cuddly toys instead of um, big photographs of celebrities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's got to be it's done, Because it? it means the good thing about it is you get to do the things you like at a party. So yeah. whether that's drinking alcohol or, for me, drinking a St. Clement's and having some mm. snacks. But you don't have to interact with other humans who can yeah. be not irritating, can't they? It's so, low cost as well. Keep the cost down. Very and, much uh, so. Yeah, you can be in control of the situation. which is And you get one of those Christmas important. crackers that has a hook on one end. So you just hook it yeah. to the chair or table and pull it that way. Exactly. If you get a piñata, you get all the sweets to fall out of it. You get to do all the bashing. It's yeah. really good. Can't... Yeah. I, I feel sorry for people who work with other people all day long. 
know. Interact with them socially and stuff like that. And and yeah, you have to have conversations with them about what they're having for lunch, and you have to look yeah. at them eating their lunch, and you have to smell their lunch. Fuck that. Yeah, no, I'd rather prefer the solitude. Yeah. Than the silence. To that freelance. We'll life. leave you. We'll leave you with that thought, people. Yeah. Turn up. Right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.